Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson, and I'm joined by MNN's Bill Werner, Tasha Radel, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's going on in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. This week, the latest from the just-begun 2019 legislative session, a preview of tax filing season with State Revenue Commissioner Cynthia Bowerly, and the Twins' caravan gets ready to hit the road. But first... Do you, Tim Walls, solemnly swear that you will support the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the State of Minnesota, and that you will discharge faithfully your duties as governor to the best of your judgment and ability So help you, God. I do. Congratulations. Governor Walls was sworn in as the state's 41st governor Monday at the Fitzgerald Theater in St. Paul. Walls gave an inaugural address that focused on his administration's top priorities, including health care and infrastructure fixes. And as a former teacher, Walls said, Foundational to our past, present, and future is the quality of our people. And that all begins with education. Every student in Minnesota deserves the opportunity to learn in the best schools in the country with caring, qualified teachers. I see how the quality of a student's education is often far too dependent on their race or their zip code. A few weeks ago, I met a grandmother who lives with deep anxiety. Her fear is that her grandchild living in La Crescent won't receive the same opportunities or have as bright a future as her grandchild in Woodbury because of inequities in education. Disparities in our educational system based on geography, race, our economic status hold back not only our students, but our entire state from reaching its full potential. That's why we must dedicate ourselves now that we must make Minnesota the education state for all children, black, white, brown, indigenous. In his address, Walls also reiterated his vision of One Minnesota, which he and Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan shared with voters on the campaign trail. One Minnesota is not something new. In 1955, in that inaugural address, Governor Orville Freeman implored Minnesotans to pray for the courage, energy, and wisdom to meet together the great challenges of our times. He said, working together, Minnesota cannot fail. In 1983, Governor Rudy Perpich said, We are one people in Minnesota, not a people divided by regions or speech patterns. In 2003, Governor Tim Pawlenty spoke of the Minnesota way, defined by our beautiful, bountiful land, our incredible people, and a tremendous spirit of innovation. And in 2011, Governor Mark Dayton said, our differences cannot be permitted to blind us to the larger truth that we are one Minnesota. There is unity in our traditions, our ancestors, from the original Anishinaabe and Dakota people, the first people, you honor us with your presence, and those that came after, the immigrant farmers, they carved out a way of life in this unforgiving cold. I've seen our ability to pull together firsthand as a soldier in the Minnesota National Guard. Time and again, as I was deployed to areas where families worked together to rebuild their communities, devastated by flood, tornado, or fire. One Minnesota is in our blood. It is born of our shared values. It's sewn into the fabrics of our communities. It is driven by the collective good and fueled by our innovation. No matter how daunting the challenge, no matter how dark the times, Minnesotans have always risen up by coming together. Our blood saved the Union at Gettysburg. Our iron forged the tanks that liberated Europe. Our farmers sparked the Green Revolution that fed the world. 
and our imagination transform medicine. One Minnesota is who we are. We need to foster it together. Because this is a state, and no matter what the times or the challenges, from all of the past coming down to the responsibility that falls on us today is, this is not a state that fears the future. We create the future. Let's get creating, Minnesota. Thank you. Monday's ceremony also included the swearing-in of Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan, who made history as the highest-ranking Native woman ever elected to executive office. My story is a one Minnesota story. It's about community. My mom lives in Plymouth. My dad lives on the White Earth Reservation. Along with my incredible partner, Tom, they are all here today. My mom moved us to the community of St. Louis Park so that I would have access to good schools, stable neighborhoods, and the opportunity to thrive. We didn't have much growing up, and what little we had, she used to make sure that we got ahead. Thank you, Mom. But it didn't always add up, and we needed help. I was that kid with a different colored lunch ticket. We needed those free meals at school. Medicaid saved my life. As a kid with asthma, it's the reason that I'm alive today. Growing up wasn't easy, but it made me strong. I stand before you today because of a loving family, a supportive community, and a great state. My vocation is to create community across Minnesota, a community like mine that lifts people up and provides them with a little help when they need it. Also sworn in, re-elected Secretary of State Steve Simon, who says voter and election security remain top priorities in his new term. Julie Blaha took the oath of office as state auditor, and Keith Ellison was sworn in as attorney general after a controversial campaign in the wake of domestic abuse allegations. On Tuesday, the 2019 legislative session kicked off in St. Paul, and I'll be back with a full rundown from MN's Bill Werner when Minnesota Matters returns. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. It's now a good time? No. Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. The hour of 12 o'clock having arrived, 
It becomes my duty as your Secretary of State to call the members of the Minnesota House of Representatives to order. The Minnesota Legislature began its 2019 session this week. I'm joined now by MNN's Bill Werner. And Bill, there's a Democrat still in the governor's office, and Democrats took control of the Minnesota House, but Republicans still hold the cards in the Minnesota Senate, do they not? That's right, Scott, and they even, at least temporarily, increased their majority from a razor-thin one vote to two votes. With the departure of Carrick Democrat Tony Laurie, who's become Governor Tim Walz as Human Services Commissioner, the special election in that east-central Minnesota district is not till early next month, and it is already hotly contested. Senate Republicans wasted no time flexing their political muscle as the 2019 session began. I hereby call the Senate to order. GOP leaders reiterated the first day that Governor Tim Walz has pushed to increase the gasoline tax as a non-starter. It will increase costs across the board for everything for everyone. It is not what we need at this time. We don't need it. We can do better than that. Lino Lake Senator Roger Chamberlain, Governor Walls responded, Minnesota needs 18 to $20 billion over the next 20 years to maintain its transportation system. He says Republicans have not said how they will get to that number. If you want to propose tolling, if you want to propose wheelage tax, then let's have those debates and let the people of Minnesota have this. The governor argues adequate roads and bridges essential to keep the state's economy strong and improve the lives of Minnesotans. Democrats and Republicans also drew clear battle lines over health care this first week of the 2019 session. House Democrats introduced a bill that would make health insurance through state-run Minnesota care available to everyone, regardless of income. Late Crystal Republican Jeremy Munson warned that will... Shutter hospitals in rural Minnesota. These low, low reimbursement rates are, are not just going to cause doctors to, to close their doors. They are already rationing care. Rochester Democrat Tina Liebling fired back. That's a red herring because she says HMOs would be out of the loop. This would be direct contracting, so the state would retain control over what we pay the providers. Governor Tim Walls, who has said his ultimate goal is single-payer health care in Minnesota, supports what's called the Minnesota Care Buy-In Option. Republicans who control the state Senate strongly oppose it. Basically, is government-run health care in the end, that is a solution that will bring us to disaster. Senate Majority Leader Paul Gazelka. And there's another health care issue looming. The 2% tax on health care providers is scheduled to sunset at the end of this year. But Democrats, including Governor Walls, want to extend it. Rochester Senator Carla Nelson warns. It does just increase the cost of health care by 2%, and we work very hard to reduce that. The provider tax has already been meant to go away. And uh, for it to not do that, we actually have to do legislation to do something different, which we're not really favorable towards. Says Senate Majority Leader Paul Gazelka. Governor Walls responds, Republican stance. That is a non-starter. That is unacceptable. And I don't think any of them want to accept the tens of thousands of Minnesotans that would be thrown off health care and the additional costs that would be added for unreimbursed care. It won't surprise anyone that Democrats, uh, in order to solve the problem of rising health care costs, are going to increase the cost of health care in the state of Minnesota. House Minority Leader Kurt Dowd, Republicans say free market competition, not government programs, is the only way to reduce health care costs. And this first week of session... We represent the 90%! Activists in the state capitol rotunda the first day of session, demanding universal background checks on gun sales, plus a so-called red flag law that would allow courts in some cases to take guns away from those with mental health problems. Governor Walls at one time opposed universal background checks. He changed his stance, but Walls did say this week... I'll negotiate 
in good faith on everything, but I won't negotiate away the safety of, uh, of Minnesota citizens. Some want guns that are passed down between the generations not to be subject to background checks. That's a discussion in this debate to say, yes, there are exemptions that can be made to have this, but you can't just draw the line in the beginning of saying we're not going to do anything, we're not going to talk about it. The Reverend Nancy Nord Bentz with Protect Minnesota says, We have confidence that Governor Walz um, really believed it when he told the, uh, those that voted for him that he strongly supports comprehensive criminal background checks. We can help him understand that if there's some a gun that's being passed in the family, the, the current bills that we've been looking at, would uh, you wouldn't need a background check to do that. Republicans say background checks do little to reduce mass shootings. As House Democrats introduced bills to expand Minnesota care, beef up certain programs in Minnesota schools, and improve high-speed Internet access in rural Minnesota, House Speaker Melissa Hortman said this week it's too early to know the cost. I think we really have a long road to travel before we figure out what the elements of the budget will be. But this is uh, an agenda that reflects the values that Minnesotans brought to us. Republican Representative Tim Miller from Prinsburg warns... Small businesses, farmers, young families... Middle-income families, look out. They're coming after you to pay for all of this. And as the session opened, the University of Minnesota asked the legislature for an $87 million funding increase for the next two years, which top administrators say will help keep faculty and staff salaries competitive, plus hold down tuition increases. President Eric Kaler says a 2% inflationary increase is planned for Minnesota resident undergrads at the Twin Cities campus, but for their campuses in greater Minnesota... We plan to uh, not raise uh, tuition uh, on the uh, system-wide campuses as we as we are today. But again, the budget's not finished, and ultimately the regents have to approve that. And there were tears, but also laughter on the floors of the Minnesota House and Senate this week as lawmakers remembered longtime state representative and Iron Range leader Tom Rukavina, who died at age 68 the day before the 2019 session began, following a battle with leukemia. There is truly a hole in the heart of the range. He wanted something in the bill that didn't get in, and he said, Representative Davids, if I ever need a heart transplant, I'm going to ask for yours because it's never been used. When that guy up in Anoka told me that I the love child between Paul Wellstone and Jesse Ventura, I knew what he meant. So keep in mind, the last time we had a governor that was a DFLer was Rudy Perpich from the Iron Range, and I'm a ranger that can win this election. And Scott, although Tom Rukavina did not become Minnesota governor, he sure won a lot of other elections and also the hearts of a lot of Minnesotans. Thank you for that, Bill. Minnesota Matters will return after this. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. In just a few weeks, the Minnesota Department of Revenue will open the state individual income tax filing season. MN's Tasha Radel has more. That's right, Scott. The countdown to the tax season is here. Joining me now is Minnesota Revenue Commissioner Cynthia Bowerly. Commissioner, I understand the season kicks off January 28th. Yes. Uh, we are letting Minnesotans know that our income tax filing season will open on January 28th. Not everyone thinks about taxes uh, this early in the calendar year, but uh, those who want to go ahead and file and get access to their refund, if they've got one coming, can do that starting January 28th. And this year, the deadline to file your 2018 tax returns is Monday, April 15th. And then wanted to talk to you a little bit. Um, I know that you folks really encourage people to e-file. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Yes, we encourage 
all Minnesotans to file electronic and choose direct deposit if they're getting a refund. It is the most convenient way to get your refund. And last year, nearly 90% of Minnesota taxpayers filed their taxes electronically. Uh, and what we want Minnesotans to know is there are a lot of good options. Uh, there are certified software providers out there that Minnesota Department of Revenue certifies and uh, makes sure that it works with our system. And some of those companies also provide free access to that software. Free electronic filing is available for Minnesotans with an adjusted gross income of $66,000 or less. So that means over last year, over 800,000 Minnesotans were eligible for free electronic electronic filing, but didn't use it. And so the way that you can find this free electronic filing is to go to the Minnesota Department of Revenue website and put in free file in our search box. And it will take you to a page where we'll describe to you in the what's available for Minnesotans for free electronic software filing. That page will also show you uh, where there are free tax preparation sites. If you're someone who has a tax situation where you want to have someone help you prepare that re return, there are 200 free tax preparation sites across the state of Minnesota that will be opening in the next few weeks. And Commissioner, I know there were some big changes uh, to federal tax laws at the end of last year. Um, does this hold true for Minnesota as well? There were significant changes to the federal tax laws, but Minnesota's tax laws did not significantly change. And since the end of the 2018 legislative session in May, the Department of Revenue has been working to update our tax filing system and working with our partners who are the tax preparers and the software vendors to make sure that they have the resources they need and that we are ready to begin accepting returns on January 28th. So we'll make sure that the filing system is up and ready to go for Minnesotans, and then we'll work with lawmakers this session to determine how best Minnesota should respond to those federal tax law changes. And then, you know, people, too, um, going back to e-filing, I know that there's always that concern about, I, I guess, you know, identity theft and, and different fraud things. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what we do to prevent uh, fraud? Absolutely. The Minnesota Department of Revenue takes protecting taxpayer information and tax refunds very seriously. We are going to take the time necessary to review and verify information on all tax returns, and that might mean that if we see something that looks unusual, we might send you a letter and ask you to make sure that it's you. Because unfortunately, identity thieves have now moved from just opening credit card accounts to filing false tax returns, and we want to make sure that it's the Minnesotan who's getting the right refund and not a criminal. And so so we want to make sure that uh, we're, we're taking the time to do that. We, are, we have significant fraud measures in place. And if you want to learn more about our efforts to protect your information, you can visit our website and put identity protection into the search box, and you will get to all of that information. And lastly, wanted to talk to you, if you are uh, someone that's going to be getting a refund, I understand that you can track uh, that process. Can you tell us how we'd go about doing that? Minnesotans can track their refund using our system that's called Where's My Refund. Again, you can go to our website. You can find this uh, access to the system, Where's My Refund. You can track which of the four stages your refund is in and whether you need to take any action. Again, if we need additional information or if we need to verify identity because we're, we might be seeing something unusual, we're going to send you a letter. And once you respond to that information, that will allow us to complete the processing of your refund. You will You'll see in this system the date your refund was issued when it is finished processing. Um, and we always encourage Minnesotans to not spend their refund until they actually have it. Uh, again, each refund is different and each return is different, and we are going to take the time that necessary to make sure that we're sending the refund to the correct Minnesotan and not to a criminal. 
And, you know, because we're doing taking all these additional steps in, in protecting uh, people, do you think refunds will be, well, they take longer to get this year, I guess? Each year is different, and I don't think uh, most Minnesotans should expect their refund in similar time frames as they received it last year or the year before. Um, and uh, also, people should know that if there is a little delay, it's because we're doing our job to protect both the general fund and their identity. Well, lots of great information as we head into the upcoming income tax season. Uh, any final thoughts here today, Commissioner? We're looking forward to tax filing season. It's a very exciting time here at the Department of Revenue, and our job is to make Minnesotans uh, obligations of meeting their filing requirements as easy as possible. So we hope you check out our website. There's a lot of great information. Give us a call if people have questions. We have uh, phone representatives available to answer questions uh, for taxpayers, and we look forward to a smooth filing season. Thanks again to my guest, Cynthia Bowerly, Minnesota's Revenue Commissioner. Back to you, Scott. Thank you, Tasha. Minnesota Matters will return after this. Welcome back to The Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch-snuggling, ball-chasing, face-licking, tail-wagging, backyard-hanging, and, of course, companionship. And what breed would you say Satchmo is? I'd have to go with maybe a lavish terrier-hound-chihuahua-looking kind of mix. Tremendous dog. Mm, I'd also like to point out Satchmo's coloring, a white, gray, brown, black brindle, simply marvelous. You know, it's such a treat to watch a dog like this. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive. And now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance, so common with this group. And finally, the loving face lick. It's great how he just gets in there and, well, licks. Fantastic. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. One of the largest community outreach programs conducted by a professional sports franchise begins early next week. The 2019 Twins Winter Caravan will cover the next two weeks. MNN Sports Director Mike Grimm talked with Twins radio voice Corey Provis about the trip. Well, Corey Provis, it's that time of year again. The Winter Caravan, this is the 59th annual trek across the upper Midwest, four states, 40 or so communities. How excited are you for this to get underway? Yeah, it's always, uh, for, for me, Mike, it's always, you know, what, what kicks off the baseball season to me is, is, is the caravan, the Twins Fest follows. But, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. It, it. To me, and I've worked for some other teams in some different cities and states, but this is the most expansive caravan that I think exists in sports today. Like you mentioned, that there's multiple legs that go into all these different communities throughout the upper Midwest. There really is nothing like it and a chance to go out and, and see uh, parts of South Dakota and uh, western Minnesota that I don't often get to is, is always fun. And with this outreach, uh, kind of take us through what, I know each stop is varying and different, but what, what's the typical stop if fans have never been to one and uh, they're listening here today? What kind of things can they expect? It's about two to three stops a day, and they, they do kind of vary. You know, the, the, the night program, Mike, that's more of the hot stove show. That's when we kind of dive into more about, you know, baseball-related, you know, questions and, and, and certain trends that we've seen in the game. Some of the, the, the more public stops, and they, they may exist at a school, uh, I think those are really fun. We get a chance to go to, to an elementary school uh, in a town, and we just kind of, you know, take off the players' 
you know, baseball credentials and bring them back to their childhood and what they liked to do when they were five, six, seven, eight years old, advice they would pass along uh, to a young boy, a young girl who dreams of professional aspirations no matter the sport. Those, to me, are fun. And then we also let the Bear kind of run the show, too, Mike, when we get a chance in a, in a gymnasium. Oftentimes we ask T.C. Bear to shoot a half-court shot, and then we know he can swing the bat, but the, the dude has some basketball game as well. <laughs> Make those half-court shots, no doubt. Um, and I'm sure the kids love that when you stop at the school as well. Um, this interaction, um, what, what are the eyes like and the ears like for fans young and old when uh, all of a sudden a Miguel Sano or a Byron Buxton or what have you walks into their town? It's not uncommon to see tears. It's not, uh, that's not unheard of to see that. When, uh, when you see Eddie Rosario, Jose Barrios, they're going to be on Caravan 2 in a couple of weeks. When they walk into... Uh, a school, they walk into a, uh, you know, a hospital, what, what have you. They just, they just open up some eyes and people that are dealing with some, some rough things, uh, whether it be with health or illness. And for, for a few minutes, maybe an hour, those problems, Mike, are often put on hold as they get a chance to visit with, you know, maybe their favorite twin. And for young boy, young girl to, to visit with maybe somebody who they look up to, uh, who's, who's a role model, a hero. Uh, it's something that stays with you, and it's something that in my role on the caravan that I don't ignore. I, I kind of look around the crowd to see that reaction because it does happen from time to time, and when you see it, it's something you don't soon forget. Do you have a favorite story, whether it's something like that, emotional, or whether it's something that's kind of a funny story uh, over the course of your years covering this, a story that, that stands out to you that, uh, that that was a good one? Yeah, you know, I had a really good one uh, a couple years ago. I'm actually going out with Jack Morris next week, and then this story kind of connects with Jack. Jack and I were up in the Iron Range a couple years ago in a, in a small lunch spot. There were maybe 50 people, Mike, at this restaurant. And, you know, sure enough, Jack gets asked about 91 every five minutes on Caravan, and he's so good. But this lady, she had to be in her mid to late 80s, just a big Twins fan, had all of her Twins gear on, and she just let Jack know where she was. When, when Larkin got the ball down and Gladden scored, and there's Jack celebrating around home plate, that, again, this lady's now in her mid to late 80s, so you can do the math, but she celebrated probably in a way that I've not heard of before, where she took her 12-gauge shotgun out of her house and she pumped it a couple of times and just made a couple of shots in the air <laughs> in this small community, you know, off a lake somewhere in northern Minnesota to celebrate a Twins World Championship. <laughs> so I'm sure Jack has told that story many times, and he's heard, you know, you'll never believe where I was when you guys scored and you won game seven of 91, but not too often has he heard, I think, a, a woman now in her mid to late 80s pump that 12-gauge shotgun a few times, let a few celebratory shots go up in the air. That, to me, is, is a pretty good story. Yeah, who wouldn't want to celebrate a World Series that way, that's for sure. Certainly, we all love Paul Molitor. We know he's a great baseball man. But what do you make of the new manager now? Have you been able to spend a little time with Rocco Baldelli in his time with the Twins? I have. A uh, sharp guy, open-minded guy, and I, I think he is somebody that is, is really ready for this challenge, excited for this challenge. It's, it's a young team. I think he's going to learn a little bit as he goes along here. I like the fact that the Twins did keep some of their former coaches. I think James Rousen is a really educated man. A good hitting coach. I'm glad that he's back, and, and among others as well, but some new faces as well, uh, part of this coaching staff. But I think we're all going to see, you know, what is Rocco's style of play? What's the brand that he's going to kind of pass along to his players? And, and what's the mentality of this team? I, I don't know the answers to those questions yet, but I think we'll find out. But 
But I found Rocco to be very hungry, very excited about this chance, which, uh, which oddly enough, despite the fact as we chat us about 9 degrees, isn't too far away, Mike. That's Corey Provis and Mike Grimm. For complete details on the 2019 Twins Winter Caravan, including where it will stop near you, you can go to the Twins webpage. That's going to do it for this week. Thank you for listening, and please tune in again next week for Minnesota Matters on this MNN station.